0: 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. I appreciate the Lord uh, giving me this opportunity to be in this part of Texas. I've never been in Texas before. I'm a Carolina boy, and uh, I heard about Texas. I was expecting desert, to be honest with you, and I was told that uh, if you go further southwest, that uh, that will be your experience. Now, I'm not disappointed because this part's not desert, but uh, uh, that's what my expectation was when I crossed the Mississippi, was to start uh, getting in desert places. But I appreciate the Lord allowing me to be in this meeting. Uh, Don't you appreciate Brother Harvey just... He keeps driving the nail right in, don't He? I need prayer. That's right. I need fellowship with the Lord more than I need it with anybody else. I need to be dead after souls. Amen. I'd like to give my testimony, but time won't allow it. But the Lord saved me in direct proportion to some missionary... That wanted to tell somebody about Jesus. The Lord had dealt with me a couple of years, and I had come to the place that I, I didn't—I didn't want anything to do with church anymore. My grandmother raised me in church, took me to church. I got out of church and lived an ungodly life. But you know, God started dealing with me. I didn't know what was happening. This man invited me to church and this uh young Christian in my family gave me a track on the Great Tribulation period that told me one day I was going to, if I wasn't saved that Jesus was coming and then some of the things that was gonna happen in that particular time span of the when God pours his wrath out upon this earth, part of that Raft would be that we'd have to take the mark of the beast. Now, folks, I I take that literally. If I can get that out right, I believe the Antichrist is going to control this world one day for a certain amount of time. Anyway, make a long story short. This older fella I work with invited me to church, and I went to church and got embarrassed that Sunday and uh, like I said, I didn't know the Lord was dealing with me. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. I, I know I was going places I used to like to go and all of a sudden I was, what am I doing in this place? I, I don't feel right here anymore. And, and the Lord was dealing with me. Thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can't get saved any other way. You can call somebody and corner them and, and, but if the Holy Spirit's not dealing with them, but let me say something else while I'm there. I believe the power of the gospel the Holy Spirit will bear witness to it, don't you? Anyway, uh, this, this fellow invited me to church. I got embarrassed, and I came out of there, and I said, I'm never going back to church. Well, I had to face him on Monday, and he asked me how things went on Sunday. And I, I said, well, I don't know about it. I, a church ain't for me. He said, well, how about going back with me? I said, oh, I don't know about that. About two weeks, he talked me into going back. And same thing happened. I come out of there. I said, I'm never going back to church. Church isn't for me. It's for other people. Boy, isn't it amazing how the devil will fight to the very end to keep his soul out of heaven? Hmm. And then, then the Lord sent this guy by my way. One one May afternoon, 1974, I was on a car lot, just got off of work, and I was busy in that car lot looking at cars. I was thinking about getting me another car. I don't know what I was thinking about that day. He drove up behind me there and looked at me from his car window. He called out, and well, I knew him because I went to school with him. His name's Carl Cronite, by the way. I never forgot him. Carl, Carl called out and, and I, I greeted him. I said, I heard you got saved and you're preaching now. He said, yeah, that's right. He said, how about you? Are you saved? I said, well, no, no, I'm not saved. I'm not, I'm not saved. Well, would you like to be saved? And you know the rest of the story. The day I said, yes, I would like to be saved. I, you know, uh, I don't know what's going on, but I'd like to be saved. You know what? He got so excited that he didn't know what to do with me. And he said, uh, he, he just stuttered, you, you sure you want to get saved? Are you sure about that? <laughs> and he didn't know what to do with me. So he said, get in my car, I'll take you to my preacher. Boy, I prayed that day and heaven came down. And glory filled my soul. Amen. I'll tell you what, I've had some ups and downs since. But I'll tell you what, it gets better. When you, when you go through something and the Lord is your companion, you may, He may be in dark places at times, and you might feel like that He's no war around, but I'm going to tell you what, He's lurking there, and He's doing something great in your heart if you will allow Him to do it. He's wanting us to get better, not bitter. I like it. <laughs> I like it. And boy, the great Expectations. I've got a hope that's steadfast and sure that it's going to last through all eternity. I don't know what heaven looks like, but one day, bless your heart, I'm going to know what it looks like. I don't know what Jesus looks like. He don't look like these pictures you see in, in these family Bibles with these all this Catholicism draped in Catholicism. Listen, Jesus wasn't no long-haired happy. If he was, he broke the scripture and he never sinned one time and he'd never break his word. Never. I don't believe it. I just don't believe he looked like it. Anyway, boy, isn't it going to be glorious? Let's, let's read some scripture. Uh, Brother Harvey uh, gave me some things that he was going to try to emphasize in this meeting. And I wrote them down over the, as I talked with him over the phone. One of them was separation. And you see it on the board over here, or wall. And I want to read a passage out of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse number 14 and reading down through the end of the chapter. And I want to spend this time in this passage right here with uh, this subject of separation. You see it mentioned in verse number 17, Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate. And then in verse 14, he begins this way, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? And what concord have Christ with Belial or Baal? Or what part have he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Well, that's the Scripture text that I want to look at today concerning separation. Before we look at it, let's pray together, thank you, our Father, for the fact that we can call you our Father and that we can come boldly to the throne of God because of your grace that's been demonstrated in our hearts shed abroad, your love's been shed abroad in our heart, and you bid us to come to your throne. Lord, we come this afternoon thanking you for your blessing upon this meeting, for what we've already seen and heard yesterday and already today. Thank you, Lord. Change my heart. May I go away from here, Lord, being a different person than when I come, more willing to be used of you, more, uh, Lord, on fire to be used for you. Oh, souls are perishing. Had it not been, Lord, for somebody praying for me, for somebody caring for me, Lord, I'd be lost in no doubt today in hell. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now, bless your Word. Help us with this passage of Scripture. For your Word's precious. Hide us, Lord, and help us this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I give you three things out of this passage. I want you to think about them as we go through here. First, there's a command that Paul gives in verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And then, in the latter part of that verse on through verse uh, 16, we have the reasons for us being separated. We why we should not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And then in the latter part of this passage, we have rewards. So, in in essence, we have a restriction here in verse 14. We have reasons for that restriction. And then we have rewards. In other words... Folks, if we do what this Scripture says that uh, uh, says we're to do, then we've got rewards for doing that. Isn't that good? God does that. Boy, I think about winning a soul to Christ. As Brother Harvey mentioned this morning, what joy it brings to His heart and to our own heart. We have those three things... Now, studying this passage here, uh, you notice that verse 14 specifically says we're not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. This separation that we're talking about is uh, separation from unbelievers. I didn't get saved till I was 27 years old. I think sometime I made a profession of faith when I was in the sixth grade of school, with, but I don't think it... I don't think I really got saved, but I I realize I did get saved when I was twenty-seven. But I remember I was raised in a broken home. I appreciate your ministry, brother. My daddy left us three boys when when my youngest brother was born. Consequently, his sin killed him. He was forty-one years old when he died. Now, folks, I'm fifty-seven. And I'm just simply saying, 41 is an awful young time to die. And, and the last three days of his life, I was in Heidelberg, Germany when he died in the military. But the last three days he died, my mother said he was tumbling and tossing in his bed from the pain that was in his body. But she seems to think he might have gotten saved. And I pray, oh God, that he did get saved. I'd hate to know my daddy's in hell today. But because he wouldn't face his responsibilities, I was reared in my granddaddy's house. My grandmother was the one that would not be denied. Now let me say something to grandmas right now. You got influence with your grandchildren. You ought to use it. Amen. You ought to be determined. She was. Every Sunday morning, boy, she would rouse us boys up and she'd say, Now one of you boys, one of you, we always took turns, whichever one's turn it was, you go and you wake Uncle Kenny and tell him this morning that Grandma wants him to take us to church. And she, she made sure we went to church on Sunday morning. A lot of Sunday nights, not many Wednesday nights because Uncle Kenny was working. And Uncle Kenny wasn't even saved at that time. If he was, he didn't act like it. But he would take us to church. make a long story short, my grandmother taught me some things. One thing I remember specifically as I was thinking about this message was, you stay away from these these boys in this neighborhood that are all the time in evil stuff and getting in trouble. She taught me that. She didn't give me any reasons why other than... If you don't, we got a hickory switch and we know how to use it. And she did, boy. Never got a spanking in my life. Got whoopings. That's right. In those days, the laws respected families. These days, they're trying to destroy families. Brother gave us some admonishment about correcting your children. You better do it in private these days. Because there's enough clowns out there and... Silly willies, I'll call them, that uh, don't like that sort of thing. (laughs) I was reminded of, boy, there was about six groups of boys in my neighborhood. Some of them was devils, and most of the time I was one of them. Three in this family, three in that family, four in that family, three in this family. seemed like it was mostly just threes. and, And some of them guys, boy, they would spit in the devil's eye. There was always, the devil was always trying to come up with something to get us in trouble. And my grandma knew it, and she'd say, Stay away from them boys that don't believe. I remember one Halloween. I'll tell you this story, and then I'm going to go on. One Halloween. Boy, I, I could give you all kinds of stories of crazy stuff, but I remember this in particular because the sheriff came by the next day. We took... One Halloween night, we was all try, try, trying to figure out some way to do something more mischievous. Ten o'clock, the, the meal hands would get off, and we'd take sand and pile it across the road and make it look like a rope. And when those, when those, uh, when those cars would come by, we'd act like we was going to pull that rope one on one end and one on the other, and boy, them cars would just slide to a halt, and we'd run off and just giggle like crazy. One Halloween, we made this dummy. Below the house was a trussle where the train come across the road. We took that dummy and hung him right in the middle of that trussle on Halloween night. We shouldn't have done that. Sad to say, this lady came trucking by there in her car. And the trussle was a one-way trussle. In other words, two cars couldn't pass in there. And she got right on that trussle there and looked up and saw that dummy thinking it was a man that was hung. And that's what we were trying to do. And she ran right into that trussle with her car. Well, here come the sheriff with the dummy the next day, driving through the neighborhood, wondering who made that dummy and hung it in that truss, and all of us stood and said, we, don't, we ain't never seen that. You know, you're going to lie, right? Well, that's just some of the stories. There's others I could tell you. But, but she was teaching us to be separate from these particular individuals, because they get you in trouble. Now in this context, I believe Paul, as I, as I study this passage, he's talking about his ministry, he's defending his ministry, and evidently there's some false teachers have come in among this church, and he's, he's preaching to these people to separate themselves from that particular individual that's, that gives out false doctrine. Now, we're to be separated in several different places. We're to be separate from the world. We're to be separate from unbelievers in the church. And, folks, I believe it'd be awful silly for a believer to marry an unbeliever. Well, he might get saved later. Well, he might. That's possible. I've seen that happen. Most likely, he's not, though. You know, I was watching. I was looking at this. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Can I give you this thought here? And then I'm going to show you some other stuff. Yoke, the word yoke. I saw two oxen plowing in a field, and they were yoked together. They were pulling the same object. They were doing the same. Work. When I was a boy, we plowed fields with a mule. I tried to, I never could handle a mule. My granddaddy could. I remember the harness on him. Had these blinders to keep him from where he couldn't see back and figure out what he was doing. You know, a mule's pretty dumb. Had this harness on his shoulders to pull the plow and, 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 and and the chains hooked up to the plow and, and, and he was yoked in that particular plow harness and all he could do was pull that plow. And after my granddaddy got through with him, he was glad to pull that plow because he let him have it. And then I got to studying the rest of this passage here. So we see that the, the command here is to be unequally yoked. Let's not be yoked up with unbelievers. And, and boy, when, uh, when you look at the rest of these words here, it shows you that picture. A yoke. Notice here, let's read and look at uh, the reasons why uh, we're to be separated from unbelievers. There's basically three. He asks what fellowship have uh, exist between light and darkness in verse 14. What fellowship have Christ with Satan? What fellowship have the true God with false idols? Boy, I'll tell you what, when you think about that, it makes me angry to think that... I'd be helping Satan. I, I started looking at separation a little different after I studied this. It's not really an option. When you think about it, something that I desire to do is to be separated. No, it's something that makes a big difference in the Christian experience. What fellowship of light with darkness? What fellowship of Christ with Satan? What fellowship of the true God and false idols? I'm here to say, folks, I do not want someone to think that I'm not serving the true God. You hear these prayers all the time. They mention God, but they never mention Christ. He that had the Son have life. He that have not the Son of God have not life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. I'll tell you what, these Muslims... Folks, I'd really handle them different than... And I appreciate you guys that go over there and put your life on the line. I'd load every B-52 bomber we had, and I'd bomb them till they said, We've had enough. I mean, I... As you can say, you mean you'd get children and all that? I'd do whatever I had to to stop the war. Yes, sir. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that, but that's just my thoughts on it. Boy, when we dropped that bomb on Japan, they said, okay, fellas, y'all, y'all got the right stuff. We're we going to back off. Anyway, that's, that's free. Whatever fellowship have light with darkness <laughs> and Christ with Satan. I'll tell you what, there's no relationship there that shouldn't be. Notice these words here right quick. The word fellowship. It means intercourse. Here's something else. It means belong to. You got that? In other words, when when i fellowship with an unbeliever then i i am in essence saying i belong to him the word communion you see that in verse number 14 for what have communion or what communion have light with darkness that means partnership Another word for communion is partnership. So if I'm yoked up with an unbeliever, then uh, folks, I'm—I belong to it, this word fellowship. Says I belong to that group, and then the word communion says I'm partnership with that group. I had a cousin named Thomas. His last name's Garrison, by the way. There's two two uh, garrison men there in my community, my daddy and my uncle, and my uncle had three boys. And boy, I'll tell you what, they was all the time doing something. A lot of times I'd go with them. I'd tag along, and, and they would be doing stuff that Grandma said, you ain't supposed to do that, boys. I remember in particular they built this wall up on this cliff and this road down below, and, and they would take these big rocks, and when a car come by, they'd just toss them over there. If he hit the car, they'd laugh like crazy, and here I was. I was hid down behind that wall, but I didn't have guts enough to say, we don't need to be doing this, I'm leaving here, and I'm going to tell Grandma. No, I was a partner with it. You know when you used to drive when, when people used to rob banks the driver got the same thing the one that did that went in to get the money. He was figured he was part of that. Well, that's what Paul's saying here. Um believers we we're part of it. The word concord means to be harmonious. <laughs> harmonious, sing this devil's songs. Hmm, sing the same songs. I'm in harmony with this group. I'm in harmony with false teachers. Boy, don't you just hate the ecumenical movement? You say, oh, but they, they're getting souls saved, and boy, they're getting the crowds. But I'm going to tell you, so, boy, I don't understand it all. I really don't. You talk to somebody that got saved at at one of these big crusades, and and, and then... They're sending them to the Catholic priest back to the... I will to tell you what, son, I'm going to nail the Catholic priest every chance I get. Yes, I know when I was in Alaska there, there's a big influence with the Russian Orthodox Church there, and if you do any studying about the Russian Orthodox Church, you'll know that it's a split off the Catholic Church. And I'm going to tell you what, the Catholic Church is poison, folks. <laughs> right. Offend you if it will, God help you if you're deceived like that. I had this woman told me that I I needed to go to the Catholic priest and apologize to the Catholic priest. I mumbled to myself, it ain't going to happen. You know what word had got around? That I was preaching the truth. And that Catholicism is a lie. Well, let me me get on here. Agreement, the word agreement, to shut together. You see that? Let me read that again. But be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion have light with darkness, and what concord have Christ with Baal, or what part have he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement have the temple of God with idols. So we see, folks, the reasons for separating ourselves from those that are unbelievers is because we become part of that. Now notice something else quickly. We not only have the reasons here, but we have the rewards. I like that. Verse 16, latter part of that verse, as God have said, let me back up to the first part, and what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God have said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God. And they shall be My people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you. And ye shall be My sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Notice how Paul finished that off, saith the Lord Almighty. This is something that's from God. From God Himself, He's the Almighty. He's the one that made us. He's the one that gives us power. He's the one that gives us strength. He's the one that gives His Spirit that we can do His bidding. But notice the rewards quickly. God, verse 16, the latter part of it, God will live in them. I like that, don't you? (laughs) Brother Harvey talks about prayer time and boy, when God shows up, He's living in me don't you like that <laughs> oh I'm not just in this body of clay but there's, there's somebody in there with me to help me and strengthen me and encourage me boy I like that song the comforter has come oh, yeah. spread the tidings realm wherever men are found the comforter has come I'll tell you what we live in a dispensation bless your heart When God comes in us and He lives in us. But I'm going to tell you what, when we fellowship with evil and we have sin in our life, He's not going to live in us like we need Him to. He's just going to withdraw His blessing. Notice something else here. God will live in them. Verse 16C to verse 17, God will walk among them. (laughs) That's the church. We got a personal uh, reward here that God will walk, will live in us. And then we got uh, a, a congregational, if I can say it that way, because I can't think of another word. God will walk among us. You know, that just tells me. If there's somebody in here that's fellowshipping with an unbeliever, then God's not going to walk among us like if we didn't fellowship with an unbeliever. Amen? Then notice what else the reward says in verse 18, And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Well, I was reared without a father. I've done okay. The Lord blessed me. He met all my needs. Do you know, I remember sometimes crying for Daddy. I don't know why I was crying. Do you know, that there's some things in my life that would have been a lot easier if Dad would have been there. Right. My mama wouldn't have suffered like she did. I probably, wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have spent what I've spent in this world if I'd had a father that would have you know, led me and taught me and took command. said, we, we're going to serve the Lord. If he'd have just been there just to be a father image, it would have been a blessing. I married my wife 37 years ago and She's reading a broken home as well. Her dad had committed suicide at 33 years old, wasn't it? 33. She's got a picture of him now. She talks about him often. <laughs> but you know what? I think of a father as somebody I'd come to and say, You know, Father, I've got some problems right now. Will you, will you take care of that for me? <laughs> my son, my youngest, he's my youngest. He's 23 now. Just about every week, brother. My son calls me with some kind of problem, you know. It's it's a little old it's a little old stuff. And boy, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad that he knows where to call daddy and 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 it's not anything to it, it's just he don't know what to do with it. Isn't that the way it is with us? I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) Oh, Father, but I know where to find my help. Would you help me? (laughs) He'll be our Father. We're His sons and His daughters. Can I tell you that God deals with us different after we get saved than before we got saved? Before we get saved, He deals with us as sinners. After we get saved, He deals with us as sons. Amen. Boy, you want to get a picture of our father? You just look at the prodigal son. He was going away from the house. He wasted everything on riotous living. But i want to tell you something. The father was looking and waiting for him to come back. And when he got back, boy, I'll tell you what. They had a party, didn't he? <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> now, i got some questions in closing. This, these questions come to my mind. As I thought about... If, if, if I'm fellowshipping with evil and with false doctrine and with unbelievers, and folks, I'm not saying don't reach unbelievers. Now, don't y'all go out here saying that this boy don't believe in soul winning and reaching the lost. But when we fellowship with them, we become like them. Boy, this thing stirred my heart. I asked these questions after I got through this. Whose side am I on? You know, if, if I'm fellowshipping with, with unbelievers, and I'm not separating myself like God says to, and I'm yoked up with, with an unbeliever, then it's hard to tell whose side you're on. Can I tell you something? Jesus was on your side. Amen Second question come in my mind, what cause do I want to promote? Do I, do I want people to know uh, uh, don't know wh- whose side I'm on? If I'm fellowshipping with unbelievers, then it's hard to tell whose side you're on. And then it, what cause are you you trying to promote by being yoked up with unbelievers? I mean your cause is all dead. There's a lot that could be said, folks, but then whose favor do I desire? Now, I got from this passage here, God will bless me if I do what he said here. Whose favor do I want? If I'm not careful, I want man's favor. We're just natured like that. I mean, everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be respected by by men. But I'm going to tell you, there comes a time that when when thus saith the Lord, it ought to be this way, and man says it ought to be another way, it's time to choose sides. And the last question, how many others are being affected in the wrong way? Yeah, Thomas throwed them rocks over that hill and hit that car. If I'd have been saved and, and, and living like, at least like Grandma was taught me, at least I'd have led him right, whether I saved or not. I stood right there and laughed with him. Oh, yeah, there's some reasons why we need to separate ourselves. There's some rewards if we do. God help us. God, help us to be a separated people. Let's pray together. Lord, you're so good to us. I pray that our light's so shining. We'll not be intimidated by this world to the extent that we, we won't separate ourselves from unbelievers. There's a lot that could be said. Lord, I, I think about how the church is influenced by the world and how a lot of times our dress looks like the world. Nobody can tell the church from the world. Oh, God, help us. And the places we go, Lord, lots of times we yoke up with unbelievers. In the places we go, God, help us to be separate. And I pray you'll bless this message to every heart. If there's one here that's not saved, I pray they'll see the Savior. See themselves as as a sinner and come to Christ and be saved, we pray. And Lord, bless the remainder of this meeting. Thank you for this time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.